Well, good morning, Calvary family. How are you today? It is awesome to worship with you. Welcome to our online family as well. Thank you for tuning in. Today is a celebration, a celebration of resiliency, of perseverance, a celebration of God's faithfulness as he continues to provide, a celebration for many of you who haven't been here in a while. So thank you for joining us today. You haven't seen the faithfulness of what God's been doing through his people in the midst of all that we've been challenged through in our world. And quite frankly, it's a celebration after church because we're about to eat some crawfish, right? So I know everybody's thinking when you walk by, uh, hurry up and preach, let's celebrate. And then I know down here in New Orleans and as good Baptist people, you want to eat, right? But we have a lot to celebrate this morning. I'm so thankful. Look, maybe you caught some of the photos during the video that helped you see why it's a big deal that as a church, we've continued to persevere in the midst of two citywide shutdowns, two hurricanes, and rebuilding this place twice. The reason is very simple. What we do here, it matters. And it matters more than we could ever realize in the city of New Orleans, in our communities around the West Bank, around our state, and our world. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it matters that much. And you're a part of that. So I want you to see some things. Perhaps um, you haven't had the chance to look around. Maybe you sit in here today and you go, oh yeah, um, wow, it's fresh and it's new and, and maybe that's all you remember. But what you may not remember is the reality that next door, um, just a few months ago, uh, there was no ceiling, there was no ceiling tiles over there. Um, and now look, man, we're using this place for groups. I think we got to praise the Lord for that, right? Um, just to be able to say refreshed and new. Um, some of you remember the exterior of the church, and that's how it looked to you. But through this entire process of looking at what God has for us next, um, now the place when you drive by, people actually say, Oh, that new church that just got built on General de Gaulle? Isn't it funny how when you light the place up and when you commit to your mission and you do the right thing with what God's given you, isn't it funny how God will allow people to go, oh, yeah, that does make a difference. Isn't that beautiful? Um, this is a reminder of where we were just a few months ago, right? Um, realizing that our facility was heavily damaged. And then if you take a look through these photos, yeah, just a few weeks back. There was life with our Easter fest here and the activities that we did for families continuing to transform this place. If you look in here where you're sitting right now, um, somebody commented to me this morning, goes, gosh, it, it looked beautiful. But they never saw that just a few months ago we were worshiping on concrete floors, right? And there you go. There's a picture, right? And it was, it was one of those moments you'll even see where we were praying together um, taking the time to say, God, you've got a mission for us. We're going to persevere. And so then you'll be able to see now just the finished product of in here and how you all were a part of that. What we do here matters. The mission of Jesus Christ that we have as a family of faith, it matters that much. And it's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Um, you know, it's funny because God gives us things and it's all about how we use them. Well, I like to say here at Calvary Baptist Church, we use them well, right? And I'm very grateful because even in our city right now, we are one of the few churches because of you that has said, yep, it may cost us a couple of hundred thousand dollars out of our budget in deductible expenses. Praise God, we manage our finances wisely 
And we were able to do that. That's why we are rebuilt and functioning. Why do we do that? Because it matters. The mission of Jesus to share life with our community matters that much. And you've been a part of that. And so I'm so thankful for that. Um, I want to acknowledge a couple of people quickly this morning. Because um, the reality is in the church, we all have a role. Um, there, There are the roles where... We give and we sacrifice through our offerings and our tithes. There are people who, um, they teach Bible study. You go to community groups, life groups, you're able to be a part of that. There are people who serve the children, as you've seen, and allow little ones to come to know the Lord. There are people who serve students and they help our teenagers. Praise God, they help our teenagers, right? There are people that do all kinds of that, but all kinds of ministries. But there's some ministries you just don't see. And... Sometimes there are people that stand in the gap that you would never know what they're doing to help the church and to serve the Lord with their gift. And yet there are people who are faithful like that here at Calvary. And so I want to acknowledge them this morning. Uh, Ken, would you come up here? Carrie, would you come up here? Carrie, I know you hate this. Ken, likewise. Um, these are, these are men, men's men right here. All right. So, Ken, good morning. All right, let me grab these right here. All right, Carrie, good morning. All right, I know we'd rather be in a tree stand somewhere, but um, we're here. Gentlemen, y'all come right here. Carrie, right here on my right hand. Ken, over here on my left. Um, guys, I just want to say thank you. Um, we sit in a beautiful worship center today because after Hurricane Ida, um, many of us had evacuated. We had um, left, many of you had, and there was substantial damage in here. And literally, if we let it go, this place would have molded and we would have lost everything. Chairs, everything, ceiling, everything. These two men showed up when I called. They were here. And we were in here cleaning the water out, getting the carpet prepared. They were working, and everything that's happened since then Gentlemen, as faithful servants of Jesus Christ, because that's what it's all about. Faithful servants of the church that you love. And these men love this church. They've been here as faithful leaders, faithful deacons, faithful supporters my whole time as pastor. This matters what you do. And this is just a small token, a very small token of our appreciation for you and what you've done. That is a photo of the rebuilt Calvary, the lit up Calvary. As you drive by at night now, it's like, oh, that church is there. The new signage of which you all were a part of. Ken, Ken worked through all of the insurance processes with both Zeta and Ida, and he did it as a volunteer. Carrie served as our general contractor, and he gave his resource and his time to rebuild the church that you're in. He gave it because that's his skill set and his gift. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of the church and the church family and all of you out there. Thank you for serving Jesus because it matters. You can go now and you can go ahead and claim your official chair outside at the first crawfish table, right? Um, 
you know, we all have something to give and a way to serve. And, and there's nothing like loving Jesus enough to leave an, a, a kind of legacy that really makes a mark in your church. One of the things I was thinking about today as we talk about legacy, this church has a great, great history and a great legacy. But I want you to think about something quickly. How many churches have you been a member of where you are deeply and intimately involved in that church? You not, you not only just give with a tithe and an offering by writing a check or giving online, but you actually love that church. You love the people of that church. You serve that church. You're a part of that church. It just becomes a part of your fabric of your family and your soul. How many churches have you been a member of where you've really felt that? And if you go through the list of your churches, if we're all honest, it's probably a pretty thin list. Now, I ask myself weird questions as a pastor, right? Like, what happens to church members when they move from New Orleans and they go somewhere else? And so some of you are here today because um, you received a phone call or a letter um, because you mean something to Calvary Baptist Church. You mean something to me. You mean something to this church. And quite frankly, this church was your home. This church means something to you. Because it shaped who you are as a person. The people here. The proclamation of Jesus Christ and the gospel from this place. It means something to you. It means something to your spouses. Because many of you, we know the stories of how your spouses with people here, faithful women of God, prayed. And you came to know Jesus. It means something to your kids. Because some of you, you know your children are walking with Jesus today. As young people, because they were a part of a church legacy, a family of faith that really mattered to you and to them, and it made a difference. Today, we're here to talk about that resilience, that legacy, and quite frankly, in our lives, to look and to ask the question what kind of legacy are we going to leave? What kind of legacy will you leave when you leave perhaps a location, a place, a church, a job, a transition? What kind of legacy will you leave? And ultimately, when you leave this earth, what kind of legacy are you going to leave for the people behind you? Well, as we've looked in our series, Family of Faith, today I wrote this message that I hope that you'll listen to before we go outside and celebrate and have a good time. But I really want each of us to understand the power of the legacy that you leave. Because we all want to have a legacy worth leaving behind. As we go to the Bible, Genesis is where we're going to start this morning. Genesis chapter 12, and then in a moment right after that, um, we're going to look at chapter 15. Just a few verses from each of those chapters. We're going to talk about Abraham. We've been talking about some people in the Old Testament that represent the family of faith. What does it mean to be in a family of faith? And in your household, with your family, the greatest legacy that you and I can leave is the kind of faith that we have. What kind of legacy 
in your household, in your family of faith, will you leave? And it's our faith in the Lord. That's the legacy that ultimately matters, that will last forever. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Here's an introduction to the story of Abram, who later is named Abraham, who we know is the father of the Christian faith. Chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. Say bless you. I will make your name great. Say great name. And you will be a blessing. Say be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Now look at this. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. This is what the Lord says to Abram. What does Abram do? Verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord has spoken to him. If someone gives you that kind of promise for that kind of legacy... What a right response to say, oh, if that's what you're going to do for me, I'm going to do what you said. And so Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. That is where he grew up. That's where his family was. That's where his father, Terah, was. 75 years old. He took Sarah, his wife, and, his, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem, to the oak of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and he said, To your descendants I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east of Bethel. We talked about Bethel a couple of weeks ago. Bethel stands for what? House of God. There's an altar that was built there as well by one of Abraham's descendants. Abram pitched his tent there with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord. And what did Abram do? He called upon the name of the Lord. Now look at chapter 15, just a few chapters over. After these things, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And this is what he says to Abram. Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Listen, your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and he said, now look toward the heavens and count the stars if you are able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Verse 6, he believed in the Lord. 
And the Lord reckoned it to Abram as righteousness. These two passages really encapsulate the journey that we are on just like Abraham. Abraham, this promise that God made to him that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars, that he would be a blessing to people yet to be known to him, and that all of the nations, all of the nations of the world would be blessed through him. This promise is fulfilled even as I look at you today. You're a part of a legacy of a person who way, way, way long ago put their faith in the Lord. And put their faith in the Lord above every other God, every other circumstance, every part of their journey. Abram did that. We talked about his wife on Mother's Day, but today we focus on him. It's his legacy of faith that mattered more than anything else. And for you and I to have the kind of legacy that's worth leaving behind... It's the legacy of faith in the Lord that will last forever. That legacy matters more than anything else. This church is a picture of legacy. Legacy of over 90 years now of ministry in the city of New Orleans. When I go and visit other churches with family or go to other places, I, I actually look sometimes at other places, other churches, and I go, well, golly, it must be easy to do church there. Now, it's, it's probably not, but the reality is we know that in New Orleans, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to stand up clearly for Jesus. Salvation clearly in Jesus alone. It's a challenge to make sure in our city that we provide light and hope, the light of Christ, the hope of Christ in a city that even this year, one of our great markers this year is we have surpassed more violence this year than we have pre-Katrina. Isn't that something to celebrate? How do you beat that back? How do you make a difference? When you're in a dark place, it only takes a little bit of light to shine. It only takes a little bit of hope to change the whole direction. And that's why what you do as a member and a part of Calvary Baptist Church, this family of faith, it matters. Because in New Orleans, to stand up, to stand out, to rebuild, to persevere, it's a challenge. And we need every one of you. We need that together as a family of faith. All of you out there in other places. And life has carried you on to different seasons, perhaps easier, perhaps better, perhaps more relaxing. Don't forget the reality. There is a family of faith of which you're a part of. And we fight every day, every week, every storm, every situation to be the place that you know us to be. A place that proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ and life to our city, our world, and to you. Isn't that good? That's a legacy. And that's what you're a part of. How do you build your own legacy? When you think about your children, when you think about your grandchildren, when you think about what you're going to leave behind, listen, you may accumulate a lot of stuff, and when you walk off this planet and you stare Jesus face to face, number one, you better be right with God through his son, Jesus Christ, because that's a part of your legacy first and foremost. 
But the people that are left behind, what are they going to say? When they go through all of the junk that you've collected that was important to you, but it's not to them, what are they going to say? Golly, man, why do I have to go through this junk? When they look at your bank account and the things that perhaps you leave behind, are they going to squabble over the memory of how often you worked and how much money you had and what you gave to them? Is that what's going to matter? Are they going to remember you for your failures? Ouch. Are they going to remember you for the moments where it was challenging and hard? Is that what you'll be remembered for in your legacy? Or is it going to be the only thing that matters? And that is my mom, my dad, my grandfather, my grandmother, that person, you. I remember them because they love Jesus Christ. They love the church of Jesus Christ. They were involved in proclaiming the gospel and their faith was real in all seasons. The reason I chose Abraham today as kind of our picture of the family of faith is he left the right kind of legacy. But I want you to hear this. His legacy was marked with moments of great challenge. His legacy was marked with moments of of great difficulty and perhaps even some of us might say failures or lapses of faith but he never quit he always turned back to the Lord and the Lord never ever broke the promise that he gave to Abraham there's something about the legacy of faith in the Lord that will last a lifetime and beyond how do you and I build that let me give you three things real quick and I know I've already been told, hurry up, right? So, <laughs> so I'm going to give you three things real quick. Step number one, when you think about building your legacy and the legacy of faith in the Lord that will last forever. Number one, it always begins with listening to the Lord and obeying what he says. You have to listen to the Lord and obey what he says. These passages that I read, you read multiple times, the Lord appeared and he showed up and he spoke to Abram. And Abram did what the Lord told him to do. God shows up, Abram listens, Abram acts. We have an old song called Trust and Obey. I know some of you know that song very well, right? Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey, right? Listening to the Lord. And when he speaks and then acting upon what he says is how you leave a legacy. Hearing the voice of the Lord when he shows up and speaks and doing your own thing and not obeying what he says is a guaranteed way to mess up your legacy every time, right? When the Lord shows up and speaks, listen to what he has to say and then obey him. I was joking with some friends who um, I started out in ministry with in Atlanta. They were down in New Orleans a few weeks back, and we had lunch together. And as we were enjoying lunch, they were like, um, is Calvary your forever church? I thought, isn't that an interesting question? You know, that's, that's kind of how ministers would talk, I guess. You know, is that your forever church? Kind of like some of you have a job, and you've done that job forever, right? And, and that's what you know to do and where you know to work is, is Calvary your forever church? And as I was talking to them, I said, you know, the reality is when I started here, year one and year two were very, very difficult. Didn't know if I'd make the curve. Matter of fact, 
don't try it today because I'm a little more, I'm a little stronger than I was back then, Mark, right? But we did a crawfish boil early on and some of the people here thought it'd be funny to throw the pastor in the drink bucket out there, right? Years ago, right? I think they wanted to run me out of town. It was really challenging, you know, it's like, man, nothing works, nothing goes right. And you know, that's pretty typical for the way it works down here in New Orleans sometimes. It just seems to be backwards. If it's worth being done, do it halfway, right? That seems to be the way it happens down here. And I'm like, gosh, I can't stand that. But the funny thing is, is I was talking to my friends and I was talking to them about that. I said, well, let me just be real honest with you. I don't really know how to answer that question except this. The Lord never called me away. The Lord never said, go here. Still hadn't said it. The Lord hadn't said, well, here's another church or here's a place that needs you or here's where your gifts will be served better. And there are times where I go, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, what's going on here? But the reality is something about listening to the voice of the Lord above everything else. Because there's a lot of noise out there, isn't there? A lot of people with influence in your life. A lot of opinions out there. A lot of causes. A lot of agendas. Sifting through all of the noise, the opinion, the feeling, the circumstance, and persevering by saying, God, I hear you. And I will obey what you said. Now that's a legacy. That's not just about being able to say, wow, you know, 13 plus years, here we go. And looking at where we sit today and going, man, isn't it great to be in a house that's continually refreshed? People come to know Jesus. People are baptized. <clears throat> Listening to God above anyone else and obeying what he says is step one in making sure your legacy is the kind of legacy that will last forever. Abraham had that. Abraham did that. And God promised him, I will bless you. Anybody want to be blessed by God? Listen to what he says and do what he says. He says, I will make you a blessing. Something about people who trust God bless others. Hey, here's the side benefit. I really think this is important because it's overlooked so many times. When you listen to the voice of God, you obey the voice of God, God even comes to the aid of those who trust him. He says, I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. Man, that's tightness with God, isn't it? How do you get that? Listen, trust, obey. Step one. Got it? Step two. When I look at Abraham's journey, we're all on a journey of faith. Each and every one of us have a different story in this room that's being written by the Lord and is a part of the legacy that you're going to leave for the people in your life. Step two, let your journey be marked by worship and sacrifice, which always come before his blessing. Let that one sink in for a moment. Let your journey of faith be marked by moments of intentional worship and intentional sacrifice to the Lord. Because those always come before his blessing. Now let's break down Abraham's story quickly in about 60 seconds. Abraham meets God. God says, I'm going to bless you. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as the sands on the seashore, the stars in the sky. Abraham immediately thinks, 
Gosh, that means I'm going to have an heir. And then he talks about Eleazar, and God goes, nope. And we know the story about Ishmael, and God goes, nope. It's going to be Isaac. It's going to be someone that's born from you and your wife, even though you're both old, and she's barren. You're going to give birth to a son. That's the promised one. Through him, the lineage of faith is going to grow and continue. Ultimately, all of this is going to point toward Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as Savior of the world, right? Abraham begins that whole entire process in this moment. But to get there, before he ever has his son, he goes out on the journey with God. He builds altars to mark special moments where God spoke to him, worship. And he sacrificed all along his journey to honor the Lord between even chapter 12 and chapter 15 where you read today. There are two specific moments of sacrifice that you'll read about where Abraham even gave away stuff to honor the Lord. He had moments of up, he had moments of down, he had moments of challenge, but he trusted God through all of them. And his worship and his sacrifice led to God's blessing. Did God keep the promise with Isaac? Yes. Did God keep the promise of the descendants and the nations? Yes. But how did it happen? He worshiped and he sacrificed. Nothing great happens without worshiping the Lord and sacrificing for him and his cause. Nothing. A great legacy is built by those who know that they worship the Lord. It's evident they worship the Lord. And they constantly in their life, they use their time, their treasures, their talents to serve the Lord. Because that's how they sacrifice. And what does God do in return? I've always said he can bless your 90% way much more than you can bless your own 110%. If you spend 110%, which most people do, of what they have, guess what you are? Broke as a joke, right? That's what you are, in debt like the rest of the world. But if you trust the Lord, you honor the Lord, you worship the Lord, you sacrifice to the Lord. And it's not just in your tithes and your offerings. It's in your faith. It's in your home. It's in your actions. It's in your job. You do that, God has a way of blessing you. And you leave a legacy to those around you because they know that person honored God in their worship. That person sacrificed things in this world to honor the Lord and he blessed them more. Isn't that good? Anybody want to see that in their life? That's a part of learning to leave the right kind of legacy. Abraham, as he went to Ai and Bethel, he built an altar. The Lord appeared to him. As he went to the Oak of Moriah and Shechem, the Lord appeared to him. He built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to them. Chapter 15, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. What does Abram do? He builds an altar there to the Lord and he worships him. Worship and sacrifice is a part of the legacy of faith that we all need to leave. Step number three, and this is the last one. And yeah, we're early, so we're going to have a good time. Final thing, step number three. Part of leaving the kind of legacy that lasts forever, listen and obey, right? Let your journey be marked by worship and sacrifice. Finally, let the Lord reward your faith. 
and remember that he is the reward. I think when we think about a legacy of faith and blessing, so many times we focus on the blessing, when the blessing is coming, how the blessing is coming, and we forget about the one who is the giver of the blessing. And it is the Lord who rewards our faith. It is the Lord who rewards our faith. Don't miss this because I think so many times, even in the church, even amongst godly people, we believe that if we do more, God will then bless us. God is not obligated to any of us. We cannot manipulate him. We cannot twist his arm to get what we want. But... When we get our eyes off of the blessing, Abraham had to learn this lesson. You know where he learned it? When he had to lay the blessing on the altar, his son Isaac, before the Lord. He learned that it is the Lord who provides the sacrifice and the blessing. And it is the Lord, knowing the Lord, that is the greatest reward of all. You want to truly experience God's blessing in life? Not only with the things that you accumulate or the things that you're able to do. True blessing happens when you let God reward you for what he sees that no one else does. And when you realize he is your reward. Abraham's journey of faith is about a journey of his relationship with God. There are times where he was crossways with the people around him, with his family, with other nations, with other situations and circumstances, but he's always straight with God. He was always right with God. God was always working, speaking, guiding, leading. And Abraham, even when he was wrong, went, you're right, I'm wrong, let's go that direction. Doesn't that describe us? Can you relate to that? I can relate to that. Can't you relate to that? And that's a part of the beautiful legacy of faith that we all need that we all have to hold on to we have to let the lord reward us and our faith and remember he is our reward in that he said to abraham in chapter 15 do not fear you can walk in faith and leave a legacy of faith when you're not afraid of the things that challenge you but your eyes are on the lord he says i am a shield to you God said this to Abram right after he had had an encounter with the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and the kings of the valley. Abram had gone in and done something very courageous. And perhaps, literally, he thought they might come in and retaliate for what he did. But God says, I'm a shield to you. When God's a shield to you because of your faith, what else do you need? He's your reward and he's the rewarder, right? You don't have to fear. I am a shield. And then God says to him, your reward will be very great. You want a regular reward? You want a very great reward. That's what he says to Abram. Your reward, because of your faith, will be very great. What was the reward? Look to the heavens and count the stars. If you can. Your descendants, that's what it's going to be. Verse 6 Abram believed in the Lord, and God credited it to him as righteous. The faith of Abraham is the faith that we talk about, that we possess today as children of God who follow his son, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 
verse 6, it says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, what does God do? Those that have faith, those that come to the Lord, they must believe that God exists and that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. Hebrews eleven six. Where do you find it first pictured? Genesis 15, verse 6. Abraham believed God. What did God do? Credited it to him as righteousness. In other words, he was right with God because of his faith, and his reward was great. As you think about today, this family of faith, the legacy that you're going to leave, the family of faith that you are a part of, here's the thing. How many churches does it take for you to connect with and be close and personal with God? How many altars do you have to build to know that you met with God and he did something special in your life? How many places do you have to go to know that God is at work, he's alive and well, and he's active on behalf of people who have faith? Well, I don't know how many of them that may be in your life, but I can think of one. It's called Calvary Baptist Church. It's in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's full of people just like you whose lives have been impacted by Jesus. And your faith is growing. So hold on to that faith. Build your legacy on that faith. Do not let go of that faith. And watch how God blesses his children, you, your life, your heritage, the people that you believe in, your progeny, and the opportunities before you because the legacy of faith is the only faith, the only legacy that matters. Amen? Amen? Let's thank the Lord. There are two things that we're going to do this morning. Number one, there is a card in the seat back in front of you. That card right there, for some of you today, I know that inside of you, you may be saying, I need that kind of faith. I've been walking through life on my own and I need to commit to God. I need to give my life over to God and I need to be saved by his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, I want you to take that card and just grab it in just a moment and hold it. Because as I pray for you, you may realize that's your next step of faith. That is your step where God's speaking and you say, I'm going to obey. And that is your next step of faith. That's an important step of faith. And as I pray for you, perhaps as you make that decision, you know it's time for you to get right with God. Fill that card out in just a moment as I pray. And let it be an expression of your relationship with the Lord. We're going to pray together in just a moment so that you can say, God, I'm ready. Save me. I am ready to walk with you. That's one thing that we're going to do. Secondly, we're going to take up our open house offering. I know many of you, you came prepared today. And thank you for doing that. Your open house offering is a step of faith that we are making as a church, quite frankly, to start to rebuild our budget and our story and our legacy of what we've been able to do with two hurricanes, two shutdowns. I'm amazed at that, but we have to be faithful even right now today. So 
If you want to make a notation on your offering in a moment, this is your open house offering. And we're grateful for that. Some of you, I can tell, you're already getting your phones out because you, you're past writing a check. I just like writing a check. There's something about it personal for me that maybe I'm old school, but I just like being able to do that. As you do that, get ready to give your offering to the Lord. And here's what I want it to be. Whether you're responding to God or you're giving today, here's the thing. Abraham worshiped and he sacrificed as he heard the voice of God and he obeyed. What is God saying to you? Not me. What is God saying to you? If you hear his voice as he speaks to your soul, respond in obedience and watch how your faith brings his blessings to your life. Let's bow our heads and more importantly, our hearts and let's talk to God. Father, today we thank you for a family of faith around this room, in this church, online. We are all standing in awe of how trusting you brings the greatest blessings of heaven to earth. We want to leave a legacy of faith, not just by being involved in a church. God, we want to leave a legacy of faith by li living out our faith in our church, by being the kind of people that walk with you in all seasons of our journey, who stand with you, God, and trust you who know you are a shield to us and we do not have to fear. Who know that the reward for those who seek you and trust you is a great reward. And is greater than anything we could ever believe, understand, imagine. God, you're that good. Today we acknowledge you are our reward. And before we go any further speak in your soul right now as you sense the presence of God today if that's you who I was talking to earlier and you know it's time to trust God to get right with Jesus to surrender your life and ask for Jesus to take control and right now right where you are open your heart and pray God, thank you for speaking to me. I hear you. I want to trust you and follow you. Save me today through your son, Jesus. May I become a part of your family of faith. Child of God, if you've prayed that, you are now a part of the family that will last forever. And God is with you. Christian, as you're praying now, what is the step of faith that God is laying before you? Don't take easy Christianity and easy church for granted. What is the step of faith, just like Abraham, that God is speaking to you?
Father, we in this moment humble our hearts. We want to hear your voice. We want to walk with you as a part of our legacy that will last forever, the kind of legacy that's worth leaving behind. Jesus, you're the best. God, you're amazing. And we're grateful. And we pray this in the greatest name of all, the name of Jesus. Amen. We have some ushers. Gentlemen, I'm going to go on and ask you to stand. And today, we're going to take up our offering in a way that we haven't done since all this stuff began. So gentlemen, as you take your places, ladies and gentlemen, as the plate comes beside you, place your offering today in the offering plates as they come beside you, your open house offering. If you made a commitment to the Lord on that card that I mentioned, place that in the offering plate because that's important. It matters. You're saying, God, here I am. And that allows us as a family of faith to follow up with you and help you in your process. And as they begin to pass the plates, we're going to begin a song to celebrate the Lord. And once we're done, we're going to fellowship. We're going to eat. We're going to have a good time. But gentlemen, as we now take this moment, let it be an act of our faith and our worship to our Lord. 